This is episode 267 of the official GunnaGeek.com show. This week, we discuss an international situation involving Canada, US, and Huawei. We talk about China launching a mission to the moon. And also, NASA responds to the Avengers. Plus, I discussed SP and Chris within the first couple minutes of this episode. This and more in this week's show. Hi, I'm Zuby from Magic with Zuby, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to now, the opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Here, we're a bunch of geeks talking about geeky things. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Steven. But what if I'm in the mood for a T-Swift story? Chris. I've heard the X is going to give it to you. And SP. That's how we roll on Gonna Geek on Monday night. We get crazy! Gunna Geek Productions presents the official GunnaGeek.com show. Hello and welcome to episode 267 of the OfficialGunnaGeek.com show. I am Stephen Jondra and of course I have with me Chris Farrell. It's 20 degrees outside. I had to wear a hoodie. Also have with us the wonderful Stargate. Don't call him SP. He doesn't like that anymore. Pioneer. That is totally not true. Call me SP. (laughs) Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome to the GunnaGeek.com show. It is. It, happy holidays is on. I'm sitting here uh, drinking an eggnog. I'm also mm, eating some fruitcake. Mm, fruit no, you did not just take a bite out of actual fruitcake. Mm. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, that's amazing fruitcake. It's actually homemade. Oh that's, God. I, mm, that's actually How really heavy. Good. Is that piece of fruitcake? Are you like doing curls, lifting that thing up? Uh, yes, that's my weightlifting program. But uh, no, it's almost the holiday season. For those of you who do check us out live, we want to say next Monday uh, on the, what is that, 17th of Jan- December, go ahead <laughs> and come by early because we are going to kick off at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Pacific. That's 7 p.m. Eastern. The double feature of the GunnaGeek.com show. For those of you who are new to this program, every year we do try to take a bit of a break around the week of Christmas or New Year's, and we pre-record an episode because we do like to try to just let Christmas happen. Like to just let Christmas happen, so uh, we try to make it so you only miss a week in the feed, but we do end up recording two episodes at once. So if you are available on Monday, December 17th, come on by at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern to Geeks.Live because we'll do an episode there. We'll run for an hour, take about a 20 minute or so break, and then do the Christmas episode. We'll call it that. Double feature. Double feature. And also, if you do like Geeks.Live content, keep your eyes on there. We'll do our best to try to keep the calendar updated, but there might be a few breaks in between because, again, uh, the winter festive season does happen. Does indeed. Uh, let's go ahead, though, and move into the news because I have a feeling we've got at least a couple of points that might yield a lot of back and forth discussion. Here we go. All right, I'll go ahead and kick us off here with the first news article this is one that came out last week and i gotta say it's interesting it's interesting from a few different reasons uh for those of you who aren't familiar there is a company called huawei you might not how know how they're spelled uh they are h-u-a-w-e-i and they make a lot of different products many of them are telecommunication related in fact i believe chris farrell has a huawei watch doesn't he Yes, I do. Uh, They also make phones. And here's the thing. For, what is it, about a year or so, they've been pretty much getting exiled from the U.S. uh, As far as government contract or government and somebody doesn't recommend them down there. Isn't that true? 
Wasn't there an article a couple of years ago or something? I don't know if Huawei was, but there were other, I know there was other Chinese companies that were included in the ban. I, I don't know if Huawei was one of them or not. I just can't remember. Oh, okay. I don't remember if it was a full out ban, but it was an advisory based off of how the Chinese government has invested heavily into Huawei and concerns over backdoor issues and right. things like that. That's what it was. Okay. So in Canada, it's been pretty much status quo. Well, until last week, because the CFO, I believe it was, of Huawei who did end up uh, being in Vancouver this past weekend. And at the request of the U.S., they were detained and um, possibly being exiled towards the U.S. because of this. So that's not really the story I want to talk about, but it is the setup, because the fact that this is happening is talking about the fact that Canada might be changing their tune on Huawei since they went and they executed this arrest based off of foreign request. And what the article that I'm talking about today is the fact that Canadian telecoms have essentially invested in Huawei technology so much so that it is being speculated that Canadian telecoms could face approximately $1 billion in removing Huawei hardware from the main telecom communication equipment. Telus Corp and BCE Inc., which is Bell, are two major players in Canada for cell phones and cellular communication. And apparently, if you look at sort of the network that they've developed with their sort of next generation 5G mobile network and the investment that they've made into Huawei technology, the Globe and Mail is reporting that apparently this could end up being about $1 billion for Telus. Uh, actually, I should say $500 million to $1 billion for TELUS. And then someone else is saying that Bell also could be within the hundreds of millions of dollars. And then a third insider is saying that there could also be Rogers, which is another major communication provider up here, also having to remove some technology. In order to remove Huawei technology from the cellular infrastructure, Bell and TELUS would have to rip out and replace tens of thousands of antennas is what is being reported uh, Bell, BCE, I shouldn't say Bell, but that is Bell, and TELUS have declined to talk to the Global Mail about whether U.S. national security officials have asked them to avoid Huawei equipment, and Rogers said it had, has not been contacted. So, the moral of this story is apparently in Canada, there is a lot of Huawei communications devices being used and equipment being used within the infrastructure. Crazy. Well, that's something that a lot of countries are either dealing with now or have been dealing with for a while is what sort of electronics can you make and maintain internally to just your country? And this goes all the way from the natural resources to the final product with the software and everything. Guys, we're in a global economy right now, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. I don't see any single one of the big countries being able to really do this all by themselves I think even china needs the natural resources in order to make this stuff so we're gonna have to come to some sort of global agreement as we go forward here and i don't know i, I don't want to get political but it does affect the electronics industry this could affect gaming consoles this could affect uh, definitely the cell phones as we've already seen and it could affect, as you're pointing out here, whole infrastructure. Oh, my gosh. If I, I don't mean to minimize Canada, but the amount of infrastructure in Canada compared to the infrastructure in the United States, I could imagine that if Huawei was in the United States or any other country company that was being um, targeted here, I could imagine that the United States investment would be closer to trillions rather than billion so that it's not trump change it's really really expensive did you say not trump change is that what you said i did <laughs> <laughs> i mean the thing is it's it's always been a concern that if you're investing heavily in electronics from a foreign country that you're never a hundred percent sure how can you be a hundred percent sure that there's not something hidden in there that's potentially reporting everything back. It's always been a concern. With Huawei, it became a bigger concern because there were multiple press releases and news stories in the last week that were pretty much detailing that 
Huawei has heavy investment from the Chinese government, which means there's potential opportunity for them to embed things on there. Now, does that mean they are? Who knows? I mean, honestly, if someone wants to spy on us nine times out of 10, it's probably pretty easy since we all carry around cell phones, but that's just my best guess. I mean, let's go back to about the same time this happened. Huawei was trying to make a big play to become much more involved in the United States. They'd worked out a deal with one of the local cell phone, not local, one of the national cell phone companies to be bundled. They'd worked out a deal to be in Best Buys and stuff like that. And then this news story dropped and it was like, nope, everyone's like, drop them. We don't want to touch this. So it's a problem you're going to see across the board. And if you're Huawei, I'm not sure how you address it. They're going to be like, hey guys, we promise we're not doing it. How do you want us to prove it to you? And I, I don't know what the way to prove it is. You know, it's the same issue that Kaspersky had, you know, with the Russian government coming in and allegedly using their backdoor access and really burning Kaspersky because a lot of people had it. And I'm not talking about the governmental people, but like individuals like Best Buy. It was a big key item that went with every single Best Buy purchase. I'll admit so. I, I bought it, renewed my subscription because I've used them for a long time. I uh, I bought it like three or four weeks before. And I just ate that money. I just got, I went with something else because uh, I wasn't willing to take the gamble. And I think that's the same sort of thing with Huawei here is if these sort of things happen. And, and again, getting back to sort of the top of my news point there, where there was an arrest made by Canadian officials or a detainment or whatever you want to call it because of a foreign request. The fact that they executed on that says that there's something, something that they felt was credible enough to detain that request, whether it was just, you know, having to execute on an agreement or whatever it is, uh, to the Canadian public, I'm like, okay, my government took action. Maybe I should be concerned. I don't think Canada would do something like this lightly. I think they knew full well going into it what it would actually mean to the country. And I would agree with you. I think that there's got to be something behind it because of that, because... It's a big, big, especially the timing of everything. Once again, I'm not going to get political here, but when you take a look at the timing of the arrest and then you take a look at what's going on here with this infrastructure, I mean, holy crap, it's just a lot of money that's going to be spent doing this. And this is money that can't go towards other things like road repairs or power infrastructure or social programs. I, I'm sorry, other than the medical care, I don't know what you have in Canada, but it's just money that can't go towards stuff like that, increasing farming. And it, it's just a shame. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So anyways, I wanted to mention that because obviously that whole news kind of hits close to home given the ba- the last week and whatnot. And I wanted to make sure to to mention it here. And again, we are not uh, in the know about anything. So all of our speculation is our own. I have no idea anything. I am definitely not a secret agent within the Canadian government. It's not me. I am not the equivalent to Jack Ryan in the Canadian version. I am not. Somebody's been watching a little bit too much Amazon Prime up in Canada. Good show, by the way. I just finished that. All right. So let's go from one piece of Chinese news to another. Uh, This time it's about outer space. Yeah, I saw this article and was like, we need to talk about it, mostly because there wasn't too much us other stuff going on, but this <laughs> is actually important in and of itself. So yeah, China last week on December 7th, they went ahead and they have launched a mission to the moon's far side. So we're going to go down the numbers here. In an article on the New York Times on the 7th of December by Kenneth Chang, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. China launched the world's first mission to the surface of the far side of the moon. Now, a rocket carrying the Conger 4 robotic lunar lander lifted off Friday, December 7th, around 1.23 p.m., and it was 2.23 a.m. in China on Saturday, December 8th. It has not been announced exactly when the lander will set down at its destination on the moon, reportedly possibly in early january 2019 but conger 4 will provide the first close-up look at a part of the moon that is eternally out of view from earth here on earth we can't see that other side of the moon it's not the dark side of the moon it's the far side of the moon now conger 4 includes two main parts 
It has the main lander, which weighs about 2,400 pounds, which if you want to get into it is about the weight of a 2018 GMC Sierra 4x4, and a 300-pound rover. By comparison to U.S.'s rovers, NASA's Opportunity rover on Mars weighs about 400 pounds, and the Curiosity rover over there is much bigger, coming in about 2,000 pounds or about the size of a small car. The spacecraft is largely a clone of Conger 3, which landed on the moon in 2013. Conger 4 was built as the backup in case the first attempt failed. Guys, when did we hear this lately? It was with Mariner 1 and 2, right? Lately, we just talked about that last week. But it was a success for Conger 3, which was the first soft landing of any spacecraft on the moon since 1976. The Chinese actually outfitted Conger 4 with a different set of instruments because of the success of Conger 3, and it sent it to a different location. Now, the suite of instruments on the Conger 4 rover and the lander includes cameras, ground-penetrating radar, spectrometers, which will help identify the composition of rocks and dirt in the area of the lander. The instruments will probe the structure of the rocks beneath the spacecraft and study the effects of the solar wind striking the lunar surface. Now, the moon, or Luna, does not have any, any atmosphere, so it's actually getting the full force of solar wind and radiation against it. Conger 4 will also test the ability of making radio astronomy observations from the far side of the moon, without the effects of noise and interference from Earth, because you can't see Earth from it. It's the whole line-of-sight deal. So according to Shiwa News Agency, Conger 4 is also carrying an intriguing biological experiment to see if plant seeds will germinate and silkworm eggs will hatch in the moon's low gravity. Now, Chris, I know you have a speculation on what these plant seeds are. I think that they're apples. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking that you were going to say that they were potato plants. Ah, yes, because they're going to science the expletive out of the moon. <laughs> That's right. Now, because the moon blocks all the radio signals from our planet, the whole line of sight issue I was talking about before, that the Chinese launched a satellite called Chichao in May. It's circling high over the far side of the moon. Actually, it's like circling over all of the moon, but it does hit the far side of the moon. And it will relay messages between Earth and Conger for Lander. Now, in Chinese mythology, Conger is actually the goddess of the moon. Interesting. Yeah, that is all interesting. I can't wait to see what Conger 4 has got for us on the far side of the moon. This is going to be a cool mission. Yes, it is. But I do have a bit of a question um, about all of this because I'm very uneducated. Uh, can you just confirm with me how this works? So I just want to, you know, for a second here, and I'll try to describe this for the audio listener. So you've got your Earth, right? So I'm holding up a ball, right, to represent the Earth, and then you have the Moon. Are you, hold on, I don't have, I don't have another another ball. You know what? I'll use more accurate description. So you have your your Earth, right? Because it's flat. So you have your Earth. And then you have your moon, and, and so I got a nine volt battery for that. So I've got a, a case, uh, like a like a screen protector case, and a nine volt battery, and that that's how the flat Earth and the flat moon work together. Is that is that how it works? My brain, you're really gunning for a speaking part at the next flat Earth conference, aren't you? Yes, I am. Uh, hash- they come from all around the world for those. Hashtag flat moon theory. <laughs> Uh, I broke SB. I like when I break SB. Uh, okay. So this is very interesting. And um, I hope that it is potatoes and we just don't know about it. It's potatoes, right? You say potato, I say potato. Yeah, I couldn't find any reference to what exactly the plant is, but I would love it if it was a potato plant. Of course, it can't come to full germination because they didn't take enough everything for it, but they just want to see if it'll start to grow. And what if it's matt damon seed ew you just took it to a whole new now we're banned in china we're gonna grow matt damon's on the moon yes exactly matt damon we're matt damon's on the moon we carry a harpoon i can't sing the rest because i'll get in trouble from 20th century fox (laughs) all right well let's move on here and move from one sort of space related thing to another what do you got chris farrell so space related, 
but sort of not at the same time. So if you guys noticed last week, Marvel kind of uh, dropped two big trailers on us with Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, which is the official title of Avengers 4. And there's some pretty interesting stuff that's popped out in regards to that. I'm not going to get into any spoilers or much in the way of predictions, but if you watch the trailer, things look pretty dire for one Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark is pretty much trapped on a ship in space that's gradually losing power and oxygen and is recording his farewells to his friends and family. Now, there's a lot of fan speculation of how are they going to save Tony? Is it going to be Captain Marvel? Is it going to be Thor with his hammer? Is it going to be insert other theory here? We don't know. But what has happened on Twitter? It's Gwen Stacy. Fans- Gwen Stacy, 110%. There you go. So it could be Gwen Stacy. So what has happened, though, on Twitter is fans have reached out to not SNASA, but actual NASA requesting help for Tony Stark saying he needs help. And in kind of just a fun little social media moment, the whoever runs the NASA Twitter account got in on the fun and put out a blanket tweet that said, hey, at Marvel, we heard about Tony Stark. As we know, the first thing you should do is listen in mission control for Avengers. We have a problem. But if he can't communicate, then we recommend ground teams use all resources to scan the skies for your missing man. So I thought that was just kind of a fun little moment to tie into this big social media craze and let everyone have a little bit of fun. Of course, folks are also reaching out to Elon Musk for help, too. (laughs) But hey, it's canon in Iron Man 2. Tony Stark and Elon Musk know each other and seem to have some kind of weird friendship. That's true. That is that is true. So either SpaceX or NASA is going to save Tony Stark. That is my new theory. I just think Tony needs to science the stuff out of it in order to get saved. That's true. Uh, Chris Farrell, I think it was you came up with a theory, and or was it SP in the Discord server? There's I a had a couple of theories. theories. Okay, yeah. let's start with SP's first theory. SP, what's your first theory? My first theory is that and, and by the way, I have no idea, so there's no spoilers here, this is just a theory, that Tony Stark gets rescued by Loki. Mm, I I subscribe to the the uh, Bruce Banner is Loki theory myself, so I will disagree on that one. <laughs> uh, I actually, I really like the idea of that one, and so I'm going to go ahead and stick with that. But continue. The other theory is that we actually get a rescue from Rescue herself, Pepper Potts. Mm-hmm. You, you did, oh wait, yours wasn't one that you made up, Chris. Yours was one you found on the internet, right? I That's did, right. I can yeah. share that one. I, my initial theory was Captain Marvel comes in to save the day, but I wish I could take a credit for this prediction, but I found it on Twitter from user at Rooster Car with two R's. My prediction for Avengers Endgame. Tony Stark finishes recording his final message, accepting the inevitability of death. He stares off into the horizon when suddenly a ship appears. Tony's ship is boarded and a massive shadowy figure appears. He steps out of the shadows. It's Korg. And I'm going to try and do an accent, which is terrible here. Hey, man, we're going to take this here ship and head to Earth and find our friend Thor. You want to come? Please, (laughs) please have this be how Tony Stark gets rescued is by Korg and Meek. (laughs) That'd be awesome. And and the rest of the of the valkyries and whoever's left yeah um can we just like on a serious note talk about the fact that when they get the gauntlet back because it's not if it's when you have you have to get it back for for this to work they can do whatever they want and they can just like make him back they just be like oh reality's rewritten written he's back that's true yeah does take a strong will to wield that yeah who are you talking about who's back I'm saying when 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 the gauntlet and they get the gauntlet, they can just oh, rewrite Tony. reality and just be like, "Hey, Tony's back." He, he, okay. Right. Oh yeah. So like, even Tony dies out in space, and then okay. Yeah, yeah I they, can see that too. They do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want when they get that back. But that's my pessimism. Pessimism in the whole in, way that they set up part two in the comics. You guys are better, you know, more in depth with the history of the comics than me, but. Tony and Captain Marvel, they're mostly friends, you know, take the whole Civil War II thing out. They're mostly friends. So I could see Captain Marvel coming in and do it now. (gasps) I know what it is. I know what it is. It's Aunt May. Aunt May somehow brings him back. (laughs) In the Milano. Yeah, there you go. It's Aunt May. 
That would be all. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, by the way, Seth Zillman in the chat said, Al Adam Warlock run in for the save. I could see that too. <laughs> well, they do own the rights to him now, so yeah. it's possible. Well, and they brought him up at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That's true. That's very true. I'm I'm more interested in this movie now than I was last year uh, after seeing part one. So I'm excited. I'm excited and I cannot wait to see what happens. But it was a good teaser. And in the Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord, we did have somebody comment that they thought that Marvel just nailed it with the teaser. They didn't give away too much. But they got you interested, and uh, I gotta give the credit there. Absolutely, they did. I just can't wait to see the sick rap album that Thor's about to drop. <laughs> I am slightly sad here because we are talking about the end of Chris Evans in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so... Maybe not, based off what the Russos were saying, so I don't know what's happening. Oh, it's really? really weird. I haven't... Yes. Wow. Yeah, there's been a couple of rumors that that's not really true anymore. So we'll see. Is that uh, because the Guardians of the Galaxy fell apart and they need a new another Captain Mar uh, Captain movie? I don't know, but they said something to the effect of, "Yeah, he's not really done yet." When they talked about Evans leaving, now who knows whether that's just a tease or they're screwing with us. Regardless, there'll be a lot of speculation. We'll see what okay. happens. Yeah. Well, moving on to the extra extra here, let's go ahead and kick it off with the first extra extra news point that we've got, which comes courtesy of none other than Chris Farrell. Chris Farrell, you sent this one to us today, didn't you? I did because it made me laugh and feel slightly sick to my stomach. We talked about on the show probably two or three weeks back how Google is going to shutter Google Plus. There are some privacy concerns. Yeah, well, it gets a little worse. Google today discovered a second issue with Google Plus, and they're expediting the deprecation as a result. They say approximately 52.5 million users were potentially impacted. The company found no evidence of the app developers that inadvertently had the access for six days to all of your PII on there, misused it in any way. They did discover this issue as part of a standard and ongoing testing procedure, had it fixed within a week, adding that no third party compromised our systems. It's all because of access to the Google Plus API. Because of this, Google is moving up the planned deprecation of Google Plus. This starts with the Google Plus API shutting down within the next 90 days, and then Google Plus will be sunset for general users in April 2019 instead of August. So... Google done screwed up and they're screwing up the close the uh, excuse me they're rushing the close down of Google Plus. Yeah, um I got to say that uh I'm surprised that they gave till April but I guess that's not that far in the big picture but I just I would have expected it to be a little sooner with how how much it's going to be dead. <laughs> so my understanding from some of the stuff I had read is that some Android apps make use of the Google Plus APIs to be able to log you in with your Google account and they need to give developers time to update to use whatever the new API is to link your Google account to an app or something like that. That's what I had read in passing. I don't know if that's the official reason that was a theory that people had had, but that's why they can't just shut it down immediately. Okay, I got that. Uh, I will say this, though, that I'm glad that they didn't move it up, given that this is two breaches. And I know that in the article, um, it had mentioned that the people who had access to it, it looked like they did not use it. But the fact is, like, the exposure could have been there. So I'm glad to see that they did bring this deadline up and uh, just go away. And you know what? I'll just go ahead and rant here again for a second and say that uh, still all of you people who think that your little podcast community is safe because there's so many people and they'll only find another way. No, your numbers don't matter. They're nothing. This is another example on how they just go and they're just going to shut the damn thing down because who cares over a few thousand users? Not worth it. If, if numbers mattered, Google reader would have never been shut down. Yeah. So there you go. So get off while you can. And I encourage, well, actually, I don't encourage you. This is me saying what Stargate Pioneer is thinking, so blame him. He says, as you go, burn down the place. So every community you're in, light it on fire. That's what he's saying. We're going to burn this mother down. <laughs> ah! Just take off and nuke the site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. Fallout 76 will crash. Aha! There's a tie-in to a month ago. download a 55 gigabyte patch. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, all right. Also in our extra extra section here that we've got, uh, this is your warning. You've been warned. The Apple $29 battery program is set to end. If you weren't familiar with this, well, Apple maybe made a couple of things with their models on their phones where it stopped utilizing the full battery and they essentially had to limit it for whatever knows reason. And so there has been some problems with older batteries and thus they have offered a replacement program where you could replace your battery for $29, which was quite the discount from like previously 80. Well, this is ending on December 31st and this is all USD. So all US funds. So if you're thinking about getting it, get in before December 31st, because after that, it's set to go up to $79. And again, this is the uh, out of warranty battery for the iPhone SE, the iPhone 6, the 6 Plus, the iPhone 6S, the 6S Plus, the 7, the 7 Plus, the 8, the 8 Plus, and the 10. Uh, but in theory, those last couple, you should still be under warranty. So there you go. Stargate Pioneer, you had yours done, didn't you? Yeah. So I'm holding up for the audio listener right now. I'm holding up my iPhone 6 Plus, and I just plugged it in the other day thinking, hey, I can use this for a soundboard or something. And guys, if you're watching on the video, you're seeing... That's what? a waveform, yeah. right? Like that's a little waveform bouncing up and down. Is that what that is? That's them listening to you and broadcasting the audio. No idea what the heck this is doing, but this phone is toast. So no battery replacement is going to do it. And unfortunately it's toast largely because of the battery. It ran too hot and it uh, fried everything on the inside. I was not the user of the phone at that time, by the way. So I have lost the ability to use a backup phone and this is junk and I got to get rid of it. You know what you could do? Replace it with a Huawei. Nope. <laughs> Can't get a hold of it here in the United States. No. So there you go. That's going to wrap it up for the news. Let's go ahead and move on to a special segment that Chris Farrell has prepared about gaming. That's my gaming voice, by the way. Gaming. Here at the OfficialGunningGeek.com show, some of us game sometimes, Chris Farrell especially. And there are, uh, just trying to think how I can crap all over the podcast awards when I say this, but uh, I'll just go ahead. <laughs> I bet they don't have to pay for their own there trophies at the game awards. There were game awards this past week, and uh, Chris Farrell, you wanted to do a rundown of the awards from the game awards. That's right. This was the fifth annual Game Awards this year. For those that are familiar, it's about a three hour long show that's a combination of games winning awards and also some news and new game reveals. So what I was going to do today is run down some of the big winners and some of the big news and reveals that came out of the Game Awards, basically because I'm going to stick it to Game Life Balance US and Australia by beating them to the punch. <laughs> wow. Oh, you're awesome. The international competition <laughs> is strong on the GuineaGeek.com network. So, uh, at producer Cody, I look forward to your uh, response back since I beat you to the punch on talking about the game awards. Wait, hold on! Didn't you? Didn't yeah, you just yeah, say yeah. Australia? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Too. Uh, okay. Yeah, I said U.S. and Australia. Oh, okay. I only oh. heard Australia. Sorry. So. Oh, my apologies. Maybe I only said one. You probably didn't. I'm just so used to ignoring the U.S. It was probably me. <laughs> Fair enough. Both Game Life Balance podcasts. Feel free to send your hate mail to at JS at GunnaGeek.com. <laughs> That's where all the hate mail goes. So let's talk some winners here. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'll go through some of them. And for some of the big things, I'll list off the nominees and I'll let you guys try and figure out who you think may have won. That's right. We're making things tricky. So let's start with the big daddy of them all. Game of the year. Here were the nominees. You can tell it's a pretty stacked field. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and the newly released Red Dead Redemption 2. Those were your nominees for Game of the Year. And for someone who's been watching and playing a lot of these games, this is stacked. Uh, any one of these could have won, I think. But what game do you guys think took the win here? Can you give me those one more time? Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, 
Marvel's Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Spider-Man's too new. I'll go with the first one. Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, see, I am i didn't even think about the new factor. I'm thinking it's either Red Dead Redemption 2, but that's kind of new, or Spy- I would go Spider-Man because I think it's been out a little bit longer. That's the one I would go with. So Spider-Man is who I was hoping for in this one. The winner, in fact, was God of War. And it's well-deserved. Yes, I was right. <laughs> If you haven't played God of War on PlayStation 4, it's a very good game. It's got good voice acting. It's really engrossing. I haven't played all of the games on this list, but I've played like half of them, and they're really good. Uh, this this was a tough, tough category this year, but God of War, the deserved winner. That game came back out in March, I want to say. But uh, one thing to consider is don't think too hard on most on recent games not being applicable to be winners just because... Red Dead Redemption 2 is pretty popular. I was only really going to uh, quiz you guys on one more, but best ongoing game. This had five nominees, I believe it was. So this is a kind of game that's like open world. You play forever in a community, things like that. So your nominees were Destiny 2. Okay. Fortnite, mm. No Man's Sky, Overwatch, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. These games all have massive communities online who play, massive Reddit groups, they're played a ton on Twitch. There's big communities, and these are games that never end. So, guys, who do you think took home the trophy for best ongoing game? Fortnite. Skyrim. Fortnite. Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim was not a nominee, but uh, Steven, you nailed it. It's Fortnite. Fortnite is incredibly, insanely popular right now. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and I'll share a personal story here. My son is... He's loving Fortnite right now. He lo- he he talks about Fortnite all the time. He does Fortnite dances. He watches U- Fortnite YouTube videos. Um, guess whether or not we own Fortnite. The answer is we don't. And he's into it. He's just like wow. apparently everybody wow. at school is talking about it, and it's just like big culture. That's why I knew it was Fortnite. Does your brother own it? I don't think he does. Oh, so he's not sneaking over to David's mm-hmm. house and playing the game. I don't know, but if he is, uh, that's cool with me. Just let me know before you leave so that I can go do something else. So, <laughs> uh, I'm glad I was right on something for once in my life. So most of the rest of this stuff, I'm not going to quiz you guys <laughs> on, but we'll go through a couple of the other, ca- a few of the other categories here. Best game direction went to God of War. Again, well-deserved win. Best narrative. This one was a tough one because I'll read the nominees just because they all have really good stories. It was Detroit Become Human, God of War, Life is Strange 2, Marvel Spider-Man, and Red Dead Redemption 2. So for best narrative, that went to Red Dead Redemption 2. And that's a trend for most of this night is a lot of awards went to Red Dead Redemption 2. It wasn't um, um, Mario Kart? Mario Kart was not nominated in this regard. Oh, darn. Uh, best score in music. I was really pulling for God of War because Bear McCreary did the score. For those that aren't familiar, Bear McCreary does the score for Walking Dead, Battlestar Galactica, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all sorts of things. Red Dead Redemption 2 took the win for best score. Best performance going to the different voice actors who portray characters went to Roger Clark who played Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. You're noticing a trend here. Red Dead Redemption 2 won just about everything it was nominated for. And sadly, Spider-Man did not win anything that I noticed, wow. which is a bummer. It's too new. It's like what? How, uh, it, how? Red Dead Redemption that? 2 came out a month ago. Oh, really? It, okay. Yeah. Is it that or is it because it's part of this big Marvel slash Disney property that it, got snubbed? It's because it's Red Dead Redemption 2. Rockstar spent six games building this game. When a Rockstar game comes out like this, be it GTA 5, Red Dead Redemption 1 or 2, it takes home everything because the hype is incredible behind it and everyone is playing it. And I'm not saying that's an undeserved win. I'm just saying the hype machine around Red Dead Redemption 2 is tough for anyone to beat. The fact that God of War beat them out for game of the year blew my mind. Mm. It should have won, but... Red Dead Redemption 2 won the best sports racing game, too. Yeah, of course it did. Because you (laughs) race horses in it. (laughs) I'm kidding. No, it didn't. So this one was kind of a shock to me. Best mobile game. Fortnite was nominated, as was PUBG, as was the Game of Thrones edition of Reigns, which is a card game. None of those win. 
took the win, rather. It was a game called Florence that took the win. And if it's a game I'm remembering, it's kind of a narrative-driven game. And it's really fun. It was like an iOS game for a buck ninety-nine. But I was really surprised Fortnite didn't take the win for best mobile. That is weird. That is very weird. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and call shenanigans. There's some shenanigans going shenanigans, on. Shenanigans, eh? Yes, there is some shenanigans. Uh, best action game went to Dead Cells, beating out Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Destiny 2, and Far Cry 5. Best action adventure game went to God of War, beating out Red Dead Redemption 2, Spider-Man, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. All of those games, you can spend 50, 60 hours in easy. I mean, so a lot of these nominees are well worth playing. Best role-playing game went to Monster Hunter World. Uh, best fighting game, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I don't know much about that when I don't play fighting games. Best sports game, Red Dead Redemption 2. No, it was uh, Forza Horizon 4, so <laughs> Microsoft gets a big win there. Best multiplayer game and something that should shock no one, Fortnite. Really? Yes. Never heard of that before. Never really? heard I'm, of I'm it. kind of surprised that Call of Duty Black Ops 4 didn't win at least one thing in here because that was big yeah. when it came out. But fan, it's kind of popular to crap all over Call of Duty games. I, I understand where you're coming from, but there's at the same time, everybody likes it. There's kind of a shame that's associated with Call of Duty by some people now. It's kind, kind of like Nickelback, right? Where you... It's the Nickelback of video games. <laughs> I've never, I've listened to Nickelback. I have never played Call of Duty. <laughs> Best esports game. This one was interesting. Fortnite was again nominated, going up against League of Legends, Dota 2, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, and Overwatch. Overwatch took the win. If you haven't played it yet, hmm. that's a Blizzard shooter that is really fun, competitive shooter. I know Overwatch also got a lot of play in the uh, Ready Player One uh, Correct. movie as well. Yes, it did. There were other awards that also were for Best Esports Coach, Esports Event, Esports Hosts, Esports Moments, uh, and Content Creators of the Year. I don't know enough about that side of gaming to know whether these things are upsets or good or bad, so I wasn't going to speak to them. But you can find out more by reading some of the awards uh, rundowns that are available on the internet. Looks like the best esports game went to, uh, what is this? It's Shoe Polishing United. It's a shoe <laughs> polishing game. There you go. Shoe <laughs> Polishing United. But those were the award winners, and congratulations to those award winners. But like I was saying... That is only half the story about the game awards. You also have a bunch of reveals. A lot of the video game stuff had leaked out ahead of time, but there were some cool things that came out. One of which, and I think this might be the biggest one, is that Epic Games, who makes Fortnite and a bunch of other stuff, they launched their competitor to Steam. They made a big splash earlier this year when they announced they'd be opening a digital storefront for Mac and PC games. And just two days ago, the store is now live, including Game Awards games, a bunch of indie titles, and the cut, and rather the big takeaway here is that creators get a bigger cut selling through Epic Games uh, version of Steam than they do through Steam. And if you buy things, or excuse me, you make things using one of the Epic engines, you get a bigger cut of the pie. So it's going to be interesting to see if someone can actually take on Steam and win. Yeah, uh, we know that EA Origins didn't do it so hot. Oh, because they put a root kit on everyone's computer. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Uh, one of the things that had me the most excited. Did you guys ever play the X-Men Legends games or the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games when no. they're out on Xbox? No. no. Well, X-Men Legends kicked them all off. They were think like, remember the old Gauntlet arcade games? Yes. Yes. It was very similar to Gauntlet where you'd have like a four player co-op potentially. You're going through a map. You had different power combos and stuff like that. And there was a great story associated with it. It eventually turned into Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which was also phenomenal. They adopt, adapted rather some great comic arcs. For instance, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 was all about the Civil War, superhero Civil War. Well, it was announced that Nintendo on the Switch is getting a Marvel exclusive with Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 the Black Order. So if you want to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and there are a lot of people that have been clamoring for a new game. The only way to do it is to play it on Switch. It's being developed by Team Ninja. And the trailer looked pretty cool. It didn't tell us much about plot, but with the Black Order involved, it's going to involve Thanos. Go figure. Shocking. I, for one, am totally shocked and appalled. Somebody should make a uh, game for the Switch called Switch Blade, where 
It's just something with a switchblade. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. You know what they could do too? They could like make a, a boxing game on the Xbox. No. Like Boxing that, Day? Like you're going out and you're shopping for deals on Boxing Day? I was going to say, by the way, that silence was totally deserved on that joke. Uh, okay, so Chris Farrell, out of all of this here, you are, we'll call you our resident gamer here on the GuinnessGeek.com show. I think that's a fair title for you. What is the biggest piece of news slash biggest standout thing from the gaming awards? Like, what do you think takes the cake for that? When it comes to games being announced and things like that, Bioware finally confirmed there's a new Dragon Age game coming. And while I'm not a huge fan of Dragon Age, I prefer my games to be more sci-fi than fantasy. This is a huge deal to people who love Bioware games and Dragon Age because it's been teased and thought about forever. They dropped the official teaser for Dragon Age 4. So it is coming. We don't know when. And in that same breath, the other thing that a lot of people are excited about is Mortal Kombat 11 was officially announced coming out. Uh, April 23rd and a proper reveal in mid-January to give more details on it. So those were two of the other big release stories, but Dragon Age is probably one of the biggest. Finish him. <laughs> I don't know enough about it. I, I fault myself for not knowing as much about games as I would like. So Chris Farrell, I think you need to start a class for me and uh, you can teach me all about games. Step one. Buy a console. <laughs> okay, I was going to say your homework is listen to Game Life Balance Australia. Step two, listen to Game Life Balance US. Step three, buy a console and game. Can we skip nope. step two? Because like, I'm, I think, <laughs> I feel like the only thing I need to pay attention to is Australia. Well, I, I lie. You know what? Uh, game Life Balance Australia definitely need to listen to uh, the star of Game Life Balance US. Jonathan Martin. Martin. We no, definitely, Jonathan Martin. definitely yeah. need to listen to that other guy. Uh, is his name Rory? I think is his name. Rory over on Game Life Balance US. Producer Rory. Producer Rory. That's what it is. Yes. So we don't need to pay attention to him. I thought it was some Russian. Oh, it could be. Raw um, well, Russian John. He might be doing it now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But John Martin's the only one we need to pay attention to over there. Yes. yes. But there is a lot of stuff that came out of the Game Awards. I can't run it all down, but we touched on some of the biggest awards. Touched on some of the biggest game releases coming there's a lot of stuff that looks really interesting guys so it could be a pretty good 2018 and this doesn't even get into like the first party nintendo things that should be coming this is all just new stuff well well thank you very much for doing that roundup i greatly appreciate it chris farrell i thought that was a really good idea when you came to us and suggested it and uh i think you should make this an annual tradition make a note of it somewhere because i'll forget me too <laughs> <laughs> good thing it's recorded Yep, that's true it lives on forever now there we go uh so before we do wrap up i just want to take a moment here to let you guys plug and promote and do whatever you would like to do let's turn it over to stargate pioneer first this time sp what would you like to plug and promote i can't wait for the next episode of starling tribune because we're going to be talking about the cw crossover event it's all three episodes we're going to have to talk about because you can't just separate the arrow episode Matter of fact, they swap the Flash and the Supergirl episode in terms of the time slots. So for those that don't know what's going on, this might be the last one, but they've had two other crossovers before with all these shows. And this year they're doing one with Supergirl with Flash and Arrow. It's a three night crossover. It's their highest rated episodes of the year. Flash is doing okay this year. I'm not two in the Supergirl, but Arrow is doing amazing, so I can't wait to talk about it on the Starlink Tribune, and that will be recorded this Thursday at 7 p 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Yes, and I want to say, by the way, that um, I am very surprised that this worked out in Canada, because if you don't know this, that what happens is American content that's produced, it's not a one-to-one -one transfer up with Canada. What happens is all of these different networks bid on the shows that they want. Surprisingly, The Flash does not have a Canadian syndication other than a cable company, the Space Channel. So what happens is like in the past some years, uh, CTV has had it on the actual main CTV, which is a big network up in Canada. And then other years, it's been on sort of their secondary tier. So if you didn't have a secondary tier in your, your lineup, tough luck. You didn't get to see it. Well, 
the way that it all works out is like Supergirl is on a cable channel. I think it's on like Showcase or something, which is kind of like your Showtime. Then Arrow does have one on Space, and so does The Flash. So is Legends of Tomorrow, I think. But there are obviously some cross different networks and whatnot. And so the fact that they all got rearranged to different times and there obviously wasn't enough conflicts that they couldn't make it work. I'm surprised because I totally anticipated it not working in Canada because like obviously some program must have been bumped somewhere. So it's interesting to me to see that that all worked because it is cross different networks. But um, in any case, uh, I've been enjoying it so far and we will leave it spoiler free. Chris Farrell, anything that you would like to plug or promote? Just a friendly reminder, there's a ton of streaming content on the Gunna Geek Network. If you go to Geeks.Live, if you're watching this live, that's where you are right now, you can scroll down to the bottom of the page, see a calendar of all of the live events. Yes, we are entering the holiday season, but there is still going to be stuff airing from time to time. So go check out the live calendar, drop in on one of the other shows, and tell them that we sent you from the GunnaGeek.com show. For sure. And I just want to go ahead and as we get towards our last few episodes of the year, I want to constantly remind everybody that GunnaGeek.com is an amazing place. We've got a lot of awesome people over on GunnaGeek.com. I want to say this, that for 2019, I want to get a little bit more newer content and whatnot going again. So we'll see where that leads us. But I would just like to uh, encourage if you want to write an article or maybe do some videos or something like that for GunnaGeek.com, we are just a bunch of geeks that like it. We are just a bunch of hobbyists, so it is unpaid stuff, but if you are looking for a creative outlet, please email us. Uh, you Email me at steven at gunnageek.com or just head to gunnageek.com or tweet any of us and let us know because I would like to get a little bit more content back on gunnageek.com in 2019. So please feel free to reach out and we'll see what we can do. But that is going to take us to the end of the show. So for episode 267, of the official geek.com show. I'm Steven John Drew saying that I've ate enough fruitcake that I now have my flat moon with my flat earth. There it is right there. And I'm SP saying make sure you order batteries for all those new Christmas toys that you're going to have to play with. I'm Chris Farrell saying, ugh, fruitcake. Mmm. Oh my God, Steven. So good. You're going to make me throw it. up. Thanks for checking out another episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunnageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunnageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week. 